Stone Soup, retold by William Furstenberg, illustrated by Hans Wilhelm. Look, said Winston as he scrambled to the top of the hill. I can see a little village way down there in the valley. I see it too, cried Clara happily. It looks like such a friendly place, doesn't it? I certainly hope it is, said Winston. We've been on the road for three days now without a meal. And three nights sleeping on the hard, cold ground, sighed Clara. I'd give just about anything for a soft bed to sleep on tonight. Winston put his arm around his sister. Don't worry, Clara. I'm sure we'll find something to eat in the village, and you'll have your soft bed, too. People all over the world are kind to travelers like us. Winston and Clara were still a long way from the village, but the townspeople already had seen them coming. Now, these people were rich enough, and they had plenty to eat. The trouble was, they hated strangers, and they were just as mean and stingy as could be. See those two strangers headed our way, said one. Well, they'll eat everything in town if we let them. You're right, said another, and they mustn't find out how rich we are either, or surely they'll want us to share with them. So everyone in town got busy hiding food and money. The town butcher closed his shop, he snatched the roast and chops and steaks out of his store window, then he hid them down in the cellar. The butcher shop looked bare as a bone. The town banker locked up his bank. He shuttered the windows and put a sign on the door. Bank closed, all out of money. The village innkeeper hid every key to every room. No guests were staying at the inn, but no matter, he hung a sign on the, over the desk said, In full, next in ten miles. The farmer's wife ran out to the garden. Quickly, she picked every cabbage, carrot, and onion, and she hid them under her bed. The townspeople put chicken sausages in their closets. They stuffed rice and potatoes into drawers and cupboards. They even lowered buckets of milk down into the wells. It wasn't long before every single scrap of food was out of sight. Now the villagers could go about the day as usual, but even the richest of them wore the poorest, oldest clothes. Each man put a sad, hungry look on his face, and each woman clutched at her stomach as if she hadn't eaten in days. Our travelers reached the village gates with high hopes. Look at all these fine big houses, said Winston. It looks like a lot of rich folks live here. Mm-hmm, said Clara. I think I smell fresh-baked apple pie. Me too, said Winston, and, apple, and my apple pie-smelling nose is pointing to that big white house over there. Winston and Clara went right up to that house and knocked on the door. It opened just a crack. What do you strangers want, said a harsh voice behind the door. Please, said Winston, my sister and I have come a long, long way. We have had nothing to eat for three whole days, and... Go away, said the voice. We barely have enough food for ourselves. The door slammed shut with a bang. Clara went up to the man who was crossing the street. Please, sir, she asked politely. My brother and I are a long way from home. We could use a hot meal and a place to sleep. That's not my problem, said the man gruffly. There's no room at the inn, and as for food, well, we've had a bad harvest. There's almost no food left in the whole town. Then the man put the hungriest possible look on his face and grabbed his stomach with both hands. I'm hungry too, he said as he went on his way. Winston and Clara knocked on every village door. They stopped everyone who passed by. No food, no room, we're as poor as you are, go away. The answer was always the same. Whatever will we do now, said Clara, as they slumped down on a bench in the village square. I don't know, said Winston sadly. I feel sorry for these people if they're as badly off as they say. I feel a lot sorrier for them, said Clara, if they've been lying to us. They must have hearts of stone. Hey, shouted Winston, that gives me an idea. Come on, Clara, follow me. What for, asked Clara, where are we going? Just follow me. I'll explain it along the way, said Winston. Then Winston told Clara his idea, and they knew just what they had to do. 
Winston and Clara ran to the bell in the village square. They tugged hard on the rope, and the bell rang and rang. Right away, the whole town came running. "'What's the meaning of this?' asked the mayor. He shoved his way to the head of the crowd. "'We only ring the town bell for emergencies.' "'Sir,' said Winston, "'this is an emergency. "'We knocked on every door. "'We've talked to everyone who would listen. "'I'm sure you'd like to help us if only you could. "'So it must be true, then. "'You're as poor and hungry as we are.' "'So,' said Clara, "'now's the perfect time to make stone soup.' "'Soup,' said the mayor. "'From stones?' He threw back his head and laughed heartily. The crowd began to laugh, too. Stone soup, indeed. Go home, everybody, said the mayor. These youngsters are not only poor and hungry, they're crazy, too. Who ever heard of such a thing as stone soup? But wait, said Winston, tugging at the mayor's coat. Have you ever heard of the great Wadu of Wixieland? Now, there is no such thing as a Wadu, and there's never been a place called Wixieland. But the mayor thought to himself, Wixieland? Wadu? These sound like important things a mayor should know about. Everyone who knows anything about the great Wilda or Wadu snapped the mayor. So what? Well, sir, Winston went on, as you well know, the great Wadu of Wixieland is the wisest Wadu of all. My father was his best student, so he rewarded my father with the secret recipe for stone soup. My father passed the recipe on to me. You see, when you know how to make stone soup, you can never go hungry. Hmm, the mayor thought to himself, maybe there's something to this stone soup after all. Think how rich we could be if we could make soup from stones. Our little village would be famous. Give us a chance, Clara pleaded. All we need from you is a soup kettle. What's the harm in that? All right, then, said the mayor at last. Bring them a soup kettle and make it a big one. Let's see if these two can feed the whole town with stones. So three of the strongest town folk brought out the largest soup pot in the village. Winston and Clara grabbed two buckets and ran to a nearby stream. It took many, many bucketfuls to fill the pot with water. Next, they gathered up firewood. They built a huge bonfire under the kettle. In no time, the water was boiling and bubbling merrily. Winston picked out four large round stones lying in the village square. How lucky you are, said Winston. You have just the right kind of stones in your village for stone soup. Clara carefully wiped the dirt from each stone. Then she dropped them one by one into the kettle with a splash. Winston and Clara sat down to wait, but it wasn't long before the crowd grew restless. "'What's happened to that magic soup you promised us?' cried one of the villagers. "'You can't hurry good stone soup,' Clara replied. "'Stones are very hard. It takes a lot of cooking to make them tender and juicy.' More time passed. At last, Winston went to the steaming pot and dipped in his spoon. He blew on the soup to cool it. A hush fell over the crowd. "'Ah!' said Winston as he tasted the broth. "'Stone soup is so tasty, even when it's plain like this.' Let me have some, said the mayor eagerly. Oh, not yet, sir. It needs salt and pepper first. Right away, the mayor sent his wife home for sent his wife home for salt and pepper. In just a few minutes, she was back, bringing some fresh herbs too. Clara sprinkled salt, pepper, and herbs into the bubbling kettle. You know, said Winston as he stirred the soup, stone soup is so much better when it has a few carrots in it, or maybe a cabbage or two. Winston, said Clara with a frown, you know these people are poor and hungry as we are. What would they be doing with carrots and cabbages? I'm sure if they had some, they'd tell us. I have carrots and cabbages under my bed, said the farmer's wife, not thinking what she was saying. Your bed, said Winston with a look of surprise. I mean, the cabbage bed, she quickly explained. Maybe I can find even a carrot or two. It can't hurt to go check. So off the farmer's wife went to her bedroom, and in just a few minutes, she was back. She brought a sack full of carrots, cabbages, and onions, too. 
Winston and Clara chopped up the vegetables and threw them into the pot. Winston, said Clara as she stirred the soup, doesn't our stone soup look a little thin? It could use a little milk, don't you think? Milk, said Winston. Clara, milk is for rich people. Where in the world would these poor people get milk? From our wells, said the butcher's wife without thinking. Wells, said Clara with a look of surprise. I, I meant to say I, I might well find a drop or two left, she explained. It won't hurt to go see. Off the butcher's wife went running. She soon returned hauling two huge buckets brimming with fresh milk. Winston and Clara poured the milk into the pot. Winston stirred and stirred the soup. You know, Clara, stone soup is not quite the same without potatoes. Winston, Clara scolded. I know that even very poor people have potatoes to eat, but we've been to every house in this unhappy village, and we didn't see a single potato anywhere. The potatoes are in drawers and cupboards, said the banker's wife. In, in drawers and cupboards? said Winston with surprise. Oh, oh, well, what I mean is maybe some potatoes rolled behind my cupboard, she explained, or, or maybe we could, uh, one or two fell in, into a drawer. It, it can't hurt to go look. So off the banker's wife ran to her cupboards and drawers. Quick as a wink, she was back with a basket full of potatoes. Winston and Clara peeled them, cut them, and tossed them into a pot. You know, said Clara, speaking loudly enough for the whole village to hear, my father often had dinner with the emperor of Bongo Bongo. The townspeople looked blankly at each other, and not one had ever heard of Bongo Bongo. But it must be a very important place to have a real emperor in charge. This emperor, Clara went on, served sown soup just like ours, only his always had meat in it. Just imagine, the town people said to each other, a little meat and we can make our stone soup good enough for an emperor. But Clara, said Winston sternly, you know this is not Bongo Bongo, and these people certainly are not emperors. How can you even talk to them about meat? You saw the butcher's shop, bare as a bone. All the meat is in the cellar, the butcher said. In the cellar? said Clara with surprise. Oh, oh, I mean, I'm the cellar, explained the butcher quickly. But maybe there are some scraps left I didn't sell. No harm in looking. Off ran the butcher to the cellar of his shop. And in no time at all, he was back with both arms wrapped around a huge chunk of beef. Winston and Clara cut it up and threw it in the pot. The wonderful smell from the soup kettle was making the whole town hungry, especially the mayor. I can't wait another minute, he said. He snatched up a spoon, dipped it into the soup, and as he tasted it, the crowd was quiet as can be. Why, said the mayor with delight, this is truly the most wonderful soup I've ever tasted. And imagine, there's nothing in it but stones and water. The whole town cheered and shouted with joy. They hoisted Winston and Clara high on their shoulders. How proud they were of this magical pair. So why not have a feast in honor of the two cooks who made soup from stones? Chairs and tables were set out on the square. Roast chickens and sausages came out of hiding. There was fresh cider to drink and all sorts of cakes and pies for dessert. The townspeople ate and drank long into the night. When the last drop of stone soup was gone, the innkeeper took Winston and Clara to the inn. He gave them his best room. Quickly, they fell asleep in soft beds at last. Next morning, everyone in the village turned out to see Winston and Clara on their way. You've taught us some wonderful magic, said the mayor. How can we ever thank you? By serving stone soup to all hungry travelers, was Winston and Clara's reply. And to this day, the little village is known the world over for its big heart. There is always food and rest for a tired and hungry traveler. And it's all because of Winston and Clara. 
They gave the village a recipe for stone soup and a recipe for kindness, too. <laughs> 